So hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm uh, Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. And you say what? Welcome back. Welcome back. Yay. From my... You're on your holidays, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I went to see Iron Maiden on the Tuesday night in Birmingham. That was brilliant, that was. Right. Got really excited. It was great. You had, we had Eddie from uh, Somewhere in Time mixed in with the new Sinjitsu Eddie. It was brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Right. Right, you have to explain what Eddie's the yeah. mascot of Iron Maiden, you know, the monster right. thing, yeah? So at the end of every gig, they have a big, massive bloke who's about 10 foot tall, like a puppet of, of Eddie, right. of the Eddie, that comes out and fights them all. Uh, right, okay. And he came out three times, and I got really excited when he came out. Right. So anyway, that's Iron Maiden. And, yeah, I went... Was to... the music any good? Yeah. Or just Eddie? No, 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 it was brilliant. We had, like, Can I Play With Madness? We had, like, Death of the Celts, uh, Hell on Earth... Also, real banging tracks. It was it was right. amazing, yeah. Good, yeah. So Glad all the good it, stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we went to Egypt the following day. You went to Sharm El Sheikh, which basically meant I went to the pool and then went to the buffy and then went to the restaurant and I went to the room and I went to the pool and went to the buffy and went to the restaurant. That was it. Right, okay. Just all and inclusive. That's what floats your boat on a holiday. Well, I haven't done that for about since twenty fourteen. Really, usually we go out and like explore things yeah. and that. Yeah, but it was. It was really good, yeah. So and I went snorkeling. That was quite good. Right, and the okay. coral reefs and so that. did you come back happier than you went? Yeah, I think so. You're yeah. Pretty miserable normally, aren't well, you? <laughs> yeah, sports. <laughs> I was happier, yeah, it was nice. Oh, that's yeah. good then. Yeah. It didn't last long though, did it? No, not really. Back five days. <laughs> Here I am looking at your miserable face. I just thought to myself like Couple of days back, I thought, "Oh God, <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's yeah. like that, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's tiring going back to work. Isn't it? it is, yeah, yeah. But it's nice not doing anything. I quite like that. Yeah, I did read a book on ultra processed foods, all about science, so I quite enjoyed that. Right, okay. By the guy from Operation Ouch, you know, Chris and Zand. That yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. So I read that. That was good. But yeah, it's just nice to just yeah chill, as the kids say. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So what well, we, we on... cope without you, didn't we? we well, you've done all right with Wanda, yeah. She's yeah. all right. Listen yeah. to listen to them; they were quite good. Yeah, they played the Wanda. You know, yeah. she kept you less miserable. That was quite yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know. So what are we on about this time? We're on about uh, the news, on about climate, etc. Yeah. With the red hot maps, red hot maps, and we're starting a new series of. Dave Coach's bus trip through the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And what are we on about? What's the other one? What was the cool thing I asked? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome when I was a kid. Oh, anyway, right. So hold on for the hold on for the music while Dave gets miserable about Indiana Jones. So, Dave, what's in the news this weekend? Two bits in the news this week. The first one that we can't just ignore is the fact that there was a by-election yesterday and um, the Tories lost two seats and retained one. But oh, we're not talking a, about that. Yeah, that's an Uxbridge thing. And that, uh, the they ones. retained Uxbridge, yeah, yeah, but only by 800 votes, whereas they had a 25,000 majority there before. <laughs> um, so they, 
yeah, that's, that's Boris the Clown's old seat. Bar- yeah, I mean, obviously Boris was very popular, so people turned out to vote for him. Well, they couldn't, because he weren't standing. No, he weren't standing this time. So, right. um, so he didn't stand, and, and the Tories held the seat by. And that bloke we were on about the other week, Lawrence was, Fox. Yeah, uh, how did he get on? Seven hundred and ninety-five votes. I think he he got there. <laughs> okay, um, and so that means he's lost his deposit, as I really? understand it. Yeah. All right. How does that work anyway with a deposit? Well, that... I think you pay a deposit, and if you don't get five percent of the vote share, all right, then then you don't get your deposit back. How much is a deposit? I've no idea. I've not tried to stand in a seat anywhere. All right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's four or five thousand pounds. Really? But that might be old news. All right. Um, oh, right. Well, that's the figure that, that pops so, into So my that head. bin face bloke, did he stand? I quite like him. I don't know. I haven't, I oh, haven't, right. I haven't seen, I, I haven't like seen all of the people. Lord Binface and Buckethead and all yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I like them. They're yeah. funny. Well, I think yeah. they had Lawrence Fox standing instead of them. Because it's the same, <laughs> it's the same sort of prestige. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's, uh, maybe, yeah. But uh, he's been very active on the Twitter, haven't he? Yeah, he has, like, yeah. yeah. Every five minutes he's yeah. popping up with but something. But you see like him that. a lot because I see him a lot and yeah. you ain't got many friends. So, no, so, so whatever I look me. at, you, you see as well. Yeah, I know. It's all the time. It's, yeah. it's your stuff. Right. Anyway, so what's the other thing? Climate or something? You Climate, want yeah. yeah. Yeah, the other thing is the fact that through the news this week and the week before, and I and I held on to it because you're a scientist and mm. I thought it would be good for us to talk about it, is the extreme heat in parts of Europe. Um, there are new record levels uh, all the time. And the science is too complicated for me, so I thought maybe it would be uh, all right, it yeah. would be good if we discussed it and then we might be able to help other people understand yeah. what's going on as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. well maybe, yeah. Um, well, basically, I think when I looked at it, because uh, I'm quite interested in weather and things like that, it's a bit nerdy, so that's why I'm interested in it, is basically, you know, you have the jet stream. Yeah. Right. Well, what the jet streams are, are these, like, really, really fast winds, which are, like, high up in the atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. And the jet stream is, uh, the Gulf Stream is one of those sort of things. It comes out yeah. like that. So what's happened is the, the, when the jet stream as, uh, which is usually above the UK, right, has dipped down below the UK, right, right, and it stayed there for a while. So you know, have you noticed that now we seem to get like weather which is pretty much the same, hot or cold, but for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because what's happening is the jet stream is changing. Right. So you know, you'll have like a whole month where it's like sunny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you're thinking, wow, this has gone on for ages. It's not like yeah, yeah. not like oh, summer was long this year. It lasted more than three days That's in the it. UK. That's yeah. it, yeah. So what's happened is the, the jet stream, which usually used to be fairly static or changed very little, now changes quite a lot. So it's gone down below the UK now, this jet stream. Right. So what's happened is that all the hot air is sitting in the Mediterranean. Which is why they've got this heat. Oh, I see. So it's keeping all the heat there. So usually, you know, when we have a nice summer, we have like, do you remember we have like, like kind of weird dust that's around when we have a really hot day? Well, that's the sand from the Sahara. Yeah. So what makes our summers hot, right, is basically where the winds come up from Africa through the Mediterranean and then to us. Yeah. Yeah. But the jet stream's in the way now. So it's not getting to us, which is why it's cold here. And it's hanging around. In the Mediterranean, right. so that's why they've got these extreme temperatures. So, um, so did it? So it always hung around somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's just now in a different place to what it was. Well, it's further out, if you see what I mean. So that heat would have gone further up into the UK, if you see what I mean. So that would have made it less hot in the Mediterranean because the winds would have blown it away. Well, what do you mean by further out? Do you mean it was further out in the atmosphere and therefore... Oh, no, no, further up the right, up, okay. up towards Britain as well, if you see what I mean. Yeah, But it's never warm in the UK, other well, than last year when it was really hot. Well, it was, it was hot before we went on holidays. It was like 30 degrees and stuff. Before yeah, went on holidays. Yeah, yeah, but that was like the summer was early. Cause yeah, then all of a sudden it's dropped to not being nice at all. But that's why it's dropped to being not nice at all. It's because the jet streams moved down. Right. So all okay. that air is coming from the Arctic now, rather. So than where from did the it sit traditionally? Traditionally, it sits like above the UK. Yeah, it sort of goes up, just above Scotland, sort of thing. That's where right. the Gulf Stream is. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's separate. So why is it? All, why is the weather all so miserable in Scotland? Well, it's not, but it's warm. It is. Everybody knows that. Well, it's yeah, a common it's, knowledge, isn't it? It's warm and wet. Wor- yeah. Yeah, it's warm and wet. So it's a lot warmer, say, than Germany, which is on the same latitude. Right. All right. So if you go to like Germany or like Poland and that, it's on the same latitude as us. So it's the same distance north, but we're a lot warmer because we have the jet stream. Uh, right. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is, is these sorts of things are happening. Uh, which do happen, but are happening a bit more. Right, okay. So I think my take on it was I'm just fed up with the hysteria. I thought it was really funny because when we got back from holidays, we were watching this thing, I think it was on Sky News or something. It was on like the You don't watch the thing. news. It was on Sky News, it was on the YouTube. On the YouTube. You yeah. only watch news on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's on YouTube and there was this funny thing, it was like see you in temperature. So my son's over in uh, Spain on a lad's holiday. This is week. he? Yeah, he is, yeah. I've told him I don't want to know anything that happens on the lad's holiday. Right Do you there. think he'll be listening to the podcast? No. No? You don't no. think he's going to listen to no, it? No, I don't think he ever. No, 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 definitely That's not. That's rude. No. no, he won't, no. Well, he'll catch up when him. he gets home, will he? He might do, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Him and his mates. But, uh, yes, yeah, so he's on the lad's holiday. So he's watching. No it. point me saying don't do anything we wouldn't then, is there? No, because no. Hear it. <laughs> <By the time laughs> back. No, I'm not going to say that. I yeah, about my lad's holiday when I was 18, but there we are. I went to Butlins in my head, so that was... I know, that's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, Butlins in my head for a lad's holiday, that's quite funny. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's gone, that's why we watched it, but there's this really funny Sky News report where they were talking to these these tourists about why it was so hot, and they weren't bothered at all. And they were like, oh, it's really hot, oh no, it's really hot. And everyone's just like, yeah, it's a bit hot, drink some water, no problem, yeah. whatever. So it's the hysteria of the news, I think. But I think the news is hysterical anyway, isn't it? I mean, yeah. That's, it, yeah. It's kind of... I think that's the real story, is not these sorts of well, then, temperatures. The but... news only gives you a, a real instant snapshot of data. Yeah. Um, and doesn't doesn't really give you the full story ever. Yeah. It just gives you the, oh, it's hotter there than it's been since records began. Yeah. And if you ask the question of when they start keeping records, they'd be like 2018. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. They don't always tell you that bit. Yeah. They always it, tell it, you what's happening. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's not a scientific way of calmly looking at the data, trying to understand it, trying to come to a reasonable conclusion about what we do about climate change. Yeah, but the thing is, we're sick of experts, aren't we? 
Well, I am, yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's what the, the information was, wasn't it, a little while ago, was that too many experts, too much prediction, yeah. that, that none of it's right anyway, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, but I think, I, I tell you what, what I, I think we don't need to look to science to this. I think we need to look to, to scripture. Right. Now, expand. Yeah, in scripture, in, um, I'm going to pause it now to find the bit. Right, I found it now. It was uh, it was one Kings twenty two, and it's I've just, made a cup of tea and everything. I know it did take me a while. Yeah. It did take me a while. Um, but one Kings twenty two, and it's the prophet Micah, and what happens? It's a fantastic story. You should go and read it. Is where the king says, "Shall we go and attack this other king, and will I win or not?" Right, and all the prophets say, "Yes, yes, you're going to win." And then one of the king's advisors says, "Have you asked all the prophets in the country?" And he said, "Well, there's this other prophet." But he never prophesies the things I'll only hear. Ah, right. He only prophesies doom. So they ask Micah in, right? Yeah. And then Micah says, no, 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 you're definitely, you're going to get done. And what the upshot of it is, really, is the elites in every society have always tried to predict the future in order to yeah. control people. Yeah. That's just a function of how elites work. And the wisdom we get from scripture is, is when people predict things, if the things that they predict don't happen, then you know not to trust them as people. Right, okay. So it's not to do with like the scientific method or whether their models are correct or whether the idea is good or not. It's actually to do with the trustworthiness of the people and of the, of the institution. So if an institution or a person predicts lots of things and then the thing they predict never happens... Yeah then you know that that person isn't a reliable source of information. Well, maybe, but those things are a bit manipulated, aren't they? I'm thinking particularly of um, a tweet that Greta Thunberg put out in 2018 saying that we only have five years to reverse, uh, to, to get our act together or the effects of climate change will be irreversible. Oh, right, yeah. And it was widely shared recently because the five-year anniversary came up <laughs> and everybody here, said oh look we're yeah, still here yeah. um she didn't say we were all going to die within five years mind you what she said was that it would be irreversible it would be irreversible and we don't know whether or not that prophecy is going to come true do we and we don't really know how prophetic it was or whether or not it was just a if you're going to if you're going to try and change things it might be better to have a deadline yeah maybe yeah, but I think I think the trouble is with it though. A lot of the time, this comes back to the hysteria thing. Is fear sells newspapers, and fear is used to control people, right? Yeah. And I think that there was one thing I did see actually on Twitter, and I did look it up, but it was true because I was surprised at that. I thought, oh no, this is BS, but it was true. Is how they changed the weather maps. So do you remember they have like those temperature maps, don't they? Like, yeah. Where they have different colours. Different, different colours, yeah. Different temperatures, right? So what they've done now is they've changed the colours so they go orange and red at lower temperatures to what they used to. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. So the temperature, the physical temperature, say, of 28 degrees is still the same, right? Yeah. So like 10 years ago, 28 degrees would be kind of like yellow, right? Yeah. But now it's like red. Oh. Or whatever it is. Yeah. But why have they changed it? What's it based on? Well, I did I did do some digging on this, which is a bit strange, right? See, yeah. my mind straight away goes to the thinking, is this based on your 
likelihood of dying as a result? I don't know. I think I think I think nobody can nobody can say nobody knows about that. But I do think that scripture is quite clear on this: is we have to be very very careful of people who make predictions. And I think the danger, what's really upset me, I think, over recent years, is how not particularly the scientific community, but how science has been used by the media and other people, is it's been used almost like soothsayers were. Yeah. And I think what's happened in what's happened there, which is really dangerous, is there's been a collective loss of faith in science and prediction, right? Which is actually a useful thing. Yeah. Because people have really followed the advice of one kings, right? In saying that actually you predicted that and that hasn't come true. So I remember as a kid, I was watching Blue Peter, right? And I can vividly remember this because it really frightened me. Was they said that um, in by the year 2000, they'd have to move Parliament to Birmingham because the Thames would flood so much yeah. because of all that, right? Now, that's really bad because then people throw the whole climate change thing out the window and go, oh, it's all BS, it's not true. Yeah. They just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. When it is actually a very serious problem that we need to fix or do something about it, but it gets confused by all this kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So if you make predictions, you've got to be honest about the predictions that you're making. Yeah. And I don't think that's what's actually happening. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think it, we I think need it to does. be more. We need to be more balanced about the claims. I think this is the thing: is as a scientist, you're trained all the time to be very cautious about the claims that you make because the claims that you make have to stand up to scrutiny, right? Yeah, and you don't want to look stupid. No, really, that's what it is. Um, and I think that caution's been thrown out the window. Because they want to make a big deal about things. Do you think that's because they're looking for? They're they're trying to use science to produce an emotional response, not a rational response. Yeah, that was a bit controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. Because that's what I mean. Is that the 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 heat map thing? Is when everything turns red, that makes you frightened, doesn't it? Yeah, makes you, well because because when you look at at the fact that that's the same place that you get your severe weather warnings, you get an amber or a red alert for yeah. a severe weather warning. And although that's not what they're using the colours for as far as temperature goes, it's, it's ingrained in your brain to think that red's danger. Well, it's a, it's an evolutionary thing, isn't it? Yeah. Because we've, um, you know, blood is red, isn't it? So if you see lots of red, it's frightening because you're bleeding, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's that sort of, yeah. what was it, a reptile brain thing. But I think. I think what we have to do, really, from thinking about things with from a, a Christian perspective, is we have to be the calm and wise people. I think that's the thing. We have to be calm and wise. And the other thing that really bothers, two other things that really bother me about this, is the sense of hopelessness that young people feel because they genuinely believe that there's no hope for us as yeah. a society anymore because we're all going to be dead in 30 years. Yeah. And I think that's really dangerous for, for for all sorts of reasons. To to imbue that in people is really that's that's evil that is, I think. Yeah. To do that, to rob people of hope. And I do think the other thing that we have to be really careful of is in order to save 
the planet from climate change, we're often told that the people who have to pay for that are the poor. And that's exactly what we did in the pandemic, is in order to save us all from COVID, the people yeah. who had to pay were the weakest in society. Yeah. And I think scripture's very clear that the people we should always prioritise are the weakest in society. And I think that when we have policies or other things driven by prediction, that the answer is, well, the poor must pay. You're like, whoa, hang on. So you don't have to be a scientist to navigate this. You just have to have Christian principles of, no, if someone's got to pay, then it's got to be people who can. Yeah. So I haven't seen a policy yet saying that, you know, we're going to ban all private jets. No. I haven't no, seen no, that. I. And I haven't seen a policy actually saying that only people, uh, people are only allowed to go abroad on a plane once a year. No, I've not seen that. I haven't seen either. that. Well, no. that wouldn't affect us, would it, see? No, because I only go on a plane once a year. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe, sometimes twice. Well. But actually, I'd, if that was the policy, you, that would be the policy. I, I but would. you you wouldn't bother with that. That would be okay, no, wouldn't that's it? that's right, yeah. But I don't see, I, what I do see policies of is things, horrible things like gas and electric need to go up in price. Do you think I could carry my year over? Yeah, you could see. probably I average planes once a year. Some years this happens twice, and then lots of years it doesn't happen at all. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's all right. I'll yeah. be all right as long as I could bank my, my bank your my bank your, your your rations. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. But that's the thing, and, and if you had, it, it is a thing where in the winter time, people when we had the uh, well, we still got a cost of living crisis. Yeah, you know, is it if you say to me, well, we got climate change, and the person who really needs to pay for that is the single mum with three kids because her gas bill has gone up so much? I'm like, well, no. No, absolutely. And I think that's absolutely. And actually, all of the all of the data on that shows that people are still making big fat profits out of that. Yeah, the rich are still getting rich as a result of the poor paying more than they can afford and putting themselves in debt and having to work out whether or not they Heat they can the afford. Week, to, yeah, absolutely. But I think, to be honest with you, I think what we need to actually get over the people. I think this is really important. Is we can apply the biblical principles, like from 1 Kings, about don't believe prophets whose prophecies don't come true. Always seek to look after the people who are the poorest in society. Uh, apply those principles today, and then we don't have to bother with all the science. I it, No, absolutely. But I also think there's a little part of that that says follow the money. Whenever yeah. you want to know why somebody holds a certain opinion, <laughs> look at what they've got to gain out of it or look at what they have gained in order to have that opinion. Well, that's very cynical, but um, I think that's true. No, it's very, very true. Are you saying there's that bloke who's on the old Just Stop Oil giving him money actually owns Ecotricity? He owns yeah. Ecotricity, yeah. So there's Dale Vince, his name. He, is it? Yeah. He's chairman of Forest Green Rovers. Um, uh, but... Yeah, so there there is a reason why he's saying what he's saying, but there's also a reason that um, some of the big oil Shell giants whatever, have yeah, paid yeah, yeah. money for political campaigns, yeah, and now yeah. you've got those political campaigners saying the the green agenda's all wrong and it's costing us all loads of money, and and you know we shouldn't cut back on our fossil fuels; we should do more of it. Yeah, but you know that there's that you want to look at. Yeah. But that's, the intention of the person making the statement. But that's the key, the key thing, though, is to do with the biblical is to do with that biblical principle and Christian values, 
is to look at it in the round and to be wise. Yeah. And it's difficult to be wise and considered when the whole the whole picture's gone red and everyone's screaming and shouting. Yeah. So I think when people start screaming and shouting about anything and the big map is red and everyone's terrified, what we should do is stop and calm down. Roll it back, go black and white. Yeah, that'll be all right. So in a bit, we'll be talking about, we're going to start a new season now, see, series called uh, Dave Coach's Bible Bus Trip. Yeah? That's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So Dave Coach's Bus Trip Through the Bible. There we go. Yeah. So we're going to be thinking about how we read the Bible. You're listening to those Vicar Blokes with Howell the Nerdy Vicar and Dave Coaches. Like us, subscribe us, give us some comments, send in any questions. Just keep listening. Yeah. Okay, so I thought we'd start a new little, uh, a new segment, really, for the next yeah couple, few and months. You thought you'd call it Dave Coach's journey through the Bible journey through the whatever Dave Coach's now you Bible bus sound, trip. Now you make me sound like some sort of narcissist. No, it was my idea. Yeah, it was your idea. Yeah, to but, pin the blame on me <laughs> for it all, and not to. Uh, I quite like that. Dave Coach's bus trip good, through the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So we're going on a bus trip through the Bible. So I think what we're going to try and do in this is go through the Old Testament and have a think about the big ideas in the Bible and how we apply them in everyday life, right? But the first thing we need to think about is how how to drive the bus, basically. So if we're going to drive a bus, you need to know where you're going and how to interpret the map, basically, isn't it? Yeah? Well, maybe. Well, yeah, you still have bus routes and stuff. Well, uh, yeah, but you learn the route, you follow it, don't you? Yeah, but you'd have to learn it first. Yeah, yeah, of course you do, yeah. Yeah, so what we're going to try and do is. That's not how you drive the bus, though, is it? Well, you've got to drive the bus in the right direction, aren't you? Well, yeah, I know, but it's much more complicated than that. Well, I don't know anything about driving buses. You're just going in a. Well, it's the same as driving a car, but it's bigger, isn't it? You don't just. When you drive a car, you don't just have to know what the route is, you have to know how to actually. Drive the car. Make the thing move. Okay, right, all right. You have to know how to change its direction. You have to make it go and stop. How to, how to change gear and yeah. all that. Okay, right. So what, that's what we're going to be thinking about is a lot of the time people just pick up the Bible and think, oh, this is a book. It's like any other book. I'll just read it like a book. And then it doesn't work. I think that's the same as trying to kind of drive a bus when you only go in first gear. Yeah, you're just not going to get anywhere, are you? Not very fast. No. So you can drive it in a way, right? But you can't get higher than 10 mile an hour. To be fair, they're mainly automatics now, so you just have to hit <laughs> hit the go pedal and it does the rest for you. Well, I didn't know about that. No, I, no, uh, you wouldn't, would you? No. no. Okay. But that's the idea. So a lot of the time we try and read scripture, especially like I remember when I got given the Gideon Bible in school and stuff, and I tried to read it and... I don't know. I like Iron Maiden at the time, so I read Revelation first. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't really make a lot of sense other than the Gospels. So, how do we understand Scripture? What What do we do in order to understand it? So, to answer that, Dave, this morning in the Eucharist, you changed the lectionary, didn't you? I I went rogue. I didn't follow <sighs> the lectionary. 
I went rogue. You can't do that. So I read from um, it was all New Testament now. However, oh, uh, see what? Well, because well, I was in a hurry. One, <laughs> one. <laughs> if one, you're gonna go rogue, you need to do it properly. Well, yeah, yeah I would have, but I, but I, because I knew I wanted to use one Timothy two. Right. Tell us about uh, one Timothy one two. One Timothy two is so Paul basically has set up the church in Ephesus. And he's left it under the charge of Timothy, who is Paul's young understudy. Um, and so Timothy's written to Paul to say, Paul, I've got this problem with the church in Ephesus. And basically, I think it's Gnostic views are infiltrating the church. And there's a real problem with this philosophy based theory building up where we don't need God because we're more clever than God is and all the rest it's of the it. temple of Artemis yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so basically Paul's response is you need to keep those women quiet in church they're going to cause you your problems and there's a whole load of stuff that goes with the temple of Artemis where women are told how they need to dress what they need to look like how they need to have their hair yeah and then Paul's response to Timothy he tells them that it's not about having braided hair and it's not about dressing um, I think they're told they have to dress in a in a more skin showy way. And yeah, that's it. And he it, says yeah. that they have to dress modestly. That's it. Yeah, and not worry about clothes. wearing the finest stuff, but come to church. Well, go to the church. It would have been a house church at the time. Yeah, I think we lose that as well. We kind of we sit in a church, we hear this Bible reading, and we think they're all sat in a building like the one we're in. No, I've seen someone. It's just not a reality. Yeah. Um. And so, uh. So yeah, so I read that one, but then I also read as the gospel reading um, from John chapter four, Jesus's encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. Oh yeah, where she's basically, in essence, a female, a foreigner, somebody you'd be viewed as sexually immoral because she's had five husbands and the one she's with now. She's like Jeremy not Kyle. Her husband. She yeah yeah. Yeah, she'd be a Jeremy she, Kyle guest now. Yeah, yeah she, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but but. Apologies to anybody who was actually on Jeremy Kyle. Well, yeah, who is a decent human have seen being. That, have we seen that one in America? You are not the father. Have we seen that. No. Oh, it's hilarious, right? It's it's one of those things which is like really awful and horrible and sad. Do they go instead of a lie detector? Do they have DNA tests? Yeah, they do DNA oh tests. My gosh, it's called from Mori or something, right? It's called uh, seen it on a kind of PewDiePie thing, right? When he was reacting to it. So basically, they say so and so, you are not the father and then the guy just jumps around and does cartwheels and the woman runs off and cries and all that it's really horrific right oh yeah. that's awful but that's the type of person that would be on would be the woman at the well she would be on Maury you are not the father isn't it yeah it's that maybe, type of yeah. person yeah yeah okay yeah I just yeah. have to get it I love that so so, so I used it as a way to frame the fact I gave the the context of the of both passages yeah um, and then used it as a way to say it's not up to us to decide who can speak in church and who can't speak in church and who's called to preach the gospel and who's not because Jesus decides that and actually Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the guidance for that and that we need to be aware of the context of the 1 Timothy 2 before we start using it to um, fuel misogynistic worldviews. Well, you could just say, well, women are, you, sh you can't have women priests, you can't have women speaking in church, women should all shut up, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, 
what you've got there is a classic example of how you can misread and misunderstand things because that uh, passage of 1 Timothy was only really used in the 20th century by mostly Americans who found it, right, and said, aha, the feminist movement is a load of rubbish. Yeah. So it's not actually part of the Christian tradition going back thousands of years. It's a reaction against, you know, 20th century social movements. Yeah. So, but if we talk to people now, they'll say, oh, Christians have always been against women because of this. Yeah. Which isn't true. It's some American evangelicals came up with this in the 20th century and started hammering people with it. And I think the Puritans probably did as well, or other people have over the centuries. But the problem is with it, if you don't read scripture in the context that it's actually written in, you can radically misunderstand what's going on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You need to remember that there are teachings in it for today but if you don't know what the situation was at the time those teachings can make considerably less sense or be completely misconstrued in the way that they're acted out yeah and and the first thing to think about really is what type of literature you read in so like the letter to timothy is a letter to a particular person i.e timothy who is in a particular place at a particular time, yeah. facing very, very particular yeah. situations. Asking his mentor or, for advice on what to do as, yeah. as the church is basically falling apart. Yeah, so if we found, say, for example, a letter from Bishop Viv, right, to yeah. us about an issue that we have in the church at yeah. this particular time. So we could write to Bishop Viv and say, oh, we got this issue, blah, blah. What should we do about it, right? Yeah. And then Bishop Viv writes back. But we wouldn't have, we don't have Timothy's letter to Paul. No. We only have Paul's letter to Timothy. But we know from other historical sources what the context was. Yeah. So we can work it out. But if we just randomly picked up a letter from Bishop Viv 2,000 years in the future and said, oh, she says this, therefore that. Yeah. It, it, you wouldn't dream of doing that. It's only when we forget that these are letters and yeah. we start seeing them more like we talked about it the other week, uh, more like the Quran as the kind of dictated words of God. Ooh. Right? The dictated words of God. Yeah. Which it never says it is. No. It says, this is Paul's letter to Timothy. Yeah. It doesn't say, these are the dictated words of God to Timothy. No. But for some reason... In after the in the twentieth century, some people have begun to understand the Bible as the dictated words of God. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and, that, and that's a massive confusion. Yeah, and you know, there's all sorts of different genres of writing in the Bible. Um, Just kick off a few. Have a think of well, a few. There's some poetry. Yeah, a lot of poetry. Particularly through the Psalms. Yeah. Um, we've said that there's letters, often called epistles, which basically means letters. Well, most of the New Testament is um, letters. Yeah, there's... Um, Revelation is a letter. Revelation's not necessarily only one genre, though, is it? No, no, no. It's letters but, but, yeah. and it's apocalyptic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, there is the ap- apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. You know, like Daniel. Daniel. Um, there are some... 
What's apocalyptic writing? Can you remember from your... Oh... Can I accurately describe it would be different. All right, go on then. What's apocalyptic writing? Uh, well, it's, it's end times stuff, really, to an extent. Mm. It's It's a foretelling of what the future may look like, mm. to an extent. Now, if you went to a proper theological college, you would know. Well, right? maybe yeah. it's just that if I actually listened. If you actually listened, what apocalyptic means is revealing. So it's it, it's a revelation of what God is. So that's what apocalypse apocalypse is is a revelation. So really, yeah. it's it's yeah, but it's more of a final revelation. Than not that. really. It, it well, depends it is in the on, sense of scripture. Not no, that's just revelation. You've got things like Daniel and stuff. A lot of that is before you get like writing on the wall and things is about the stuff that was happening at that time, rather than yeah, yeah, the all right, yeah, as well. fair point. Well, it just goes to show that Daniel's not only one genre either. No, no, that's right. Um, um, it's all kind of... So what apocalyptic writing is, is basically a kind of form of poetry that you shouldn't understand. So it's written to be a kind of wow thing of like, what is that? That's amazing. I can't understand it. Yeah. So it's not like... A, but that's, that's just yeah, the but bits I like. People would say that about parables, wouldn't they? Well, parables are stories, basically, yeah. aren't they? Parables are story that that are a bit um, well, they're deep left stories. to interpretation. Yeah, but they're stories with a deeper meaning, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which sometimes we get the explanation of, as we have over the last couple of weeks. Other times we don't. And other times we don't. There's there's um, a lot of mythology in scripture as well, so. Um, like the first, well, from Genesis 2 to about 10 or and 11 is uh, basically mythologies. So there's a lot of that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are, there we'll are. We'll talk about that and a that, bit more that, later, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one to come back to, I think. It's too, but too if you, much to say on that. But if you didn't understand them as... Thing. If you didn't understand them as mythologies, you'd get really confused, wouldn't you? Yeah, as opposed to an oral history. Well, it also is because that's how they're viewed, isn't it? Is is some of that stuff is viewed as an oral history when it's not? Well, yeah, it is a mythology. I think that's the thing. But what we're understanding there—that's a good point, actually. When we talk about history, right? Is history as we understand it today is a kind of post-eighteenth-century type of history. If you talk to somebody a thousand years ago about history, they would not be not have the same understanding of what it is. No, that's true. So today, if we have a history book, we want to know facts about it. So if you had like a history book about D-Day, right, you'd want to know how many boats and ships yeah. that the Allies yeah. had versus... So you'd want to know things like that, and that would be really important to the history, wouldn't it? Yeah, which is kind of what we get with um, Luke's writings in Acts. Yeah. But not quite. Yeah, not quite. Because it's the details that Luke thinks are important and not every detail that we get. But Luke's Luke's history is actually spot on in Acts because it does correspond to all the Roman history oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. Whereas the Roman history actually probably includes more information because somebody was responsible for recording the history. Yeah. Whereas in 
acts is Luke looking back at it retrospectively. Oh, he's not thinking bothered. what happened. He didn't keep the diary. It's not a diary of events. No, no, no. Is is a this happened, that happened, the other happened, and this is how we know that. But he's a very, Jesus is real. But he is a very good historian. Oh know, yeah, yeah. Luke is, Without doubt, yeah. In yeah. that sort of sense. But if we look at say some of the Old Testament stuff, we'll we'll talk about this a bit more as we go through it. Is they're not really that bothered about um, actually things like when they say like a hundred thousand people in the army came along and killed these people or whatever. They everybody would have known that that isn't a hundred thousand as in a literal a hundred thousand. Yeah, there weren't a hundred thousand people in the country. Yeah, but what they're using there is hypergamy, or sometimes the word thousand means like a troop. So it'd be a hundred groups of six or something yeah. like that. Um, so there's loads of complicated things in there which we need to understand from the context that they yeah. are. Otherwise, we just get it all wrong. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, so I think... And there's loads of good stuff, isn't there? The, oh, yeah. I mean, when you read the Bible, there's loads of good commentaries that will give you the the history of the people for whom it was written at the time. Um, and I think most of those are fairly accurate to, yeah, yeah. to be fair to it don't know that they can be wholly accurate but they're fairly accurate which changes the way that you read it um whereas lots of people think that we allow the current culture to change the way that we read scripture but and to an extent we have to know how it relates to the culture at the moment and and what we're to do about what we've read um but actually it's, it's equally if not more important to know what the scenario was at the time. Yeah. Even with things like the Ten Commandments. Yeah. It, it, because some of those can seem a bit obvious. Yeah. You know, because we live in a society where we know stealing's wrong and we know killing people's wrong. But actually, at the time they were written, you didn't just have an argument with somebody. If you fell out, they were dead. That's the scenario. Well, yeah. But that that, that that was culturally the way that things happened. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. No. Yeah, and so you, so so yeah. that really obvious statement of "Thou shalt not murder" wasn't quite so obvious at the time. Exactly. But I think that's the trouble. Or what we do, which is really interesting, is one of the great ironies. Really, is what some people do in the church is they backread our culture onto yeah. scripture, right? Yeah. And then they complain that we're our culture is influencing scripture too much but that's yeah. the whole basis of what they're doing so in our culture we have things like copyright so it's really important that we know that a certain person wrote a certain thing yeah right that didn't exist 200 years ago 300 years ago because people didn't have things yeah. like copyright and so that's why you get things like um hebrews yeah and for nobody knows who wrote it yeah no but for centuries maybe not centuries but Quite at a least a century yeah people were adamant it was paul because it was written in paul's style yeah, yeah but yeah. now it's probably not paul because it's not paul's style because no. textual criticism yeah tells us that actually it's not consistent with paul no um but i think that's the thing is i think what, we, what we're trying to say is in order to understand the bible we have to look at his context and dave mentioned there's something called textual criticism and there's lots and lots of methods that we use. There's about five or six different methods, probably a few more than that, that we use to order to understand what the Bible's actually saying. 
Yeah. And I think hopefully in this series, you'd be able to like, help you understand that a bit more. And I think the most wisdom I've heard about the Bible is comes from my training in Cumberland. A lot of my wisdom comes from him, to be fair, old John Cree, St. John Cree, right? Oh, he was brilliant, right? Um, he said, we need to look at what the Bible really says, not what we think it says or what we want it to yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we that's where we need to start all the time is what does the Bible really say? Yeah. And I think, and that's what you tried to do this morning in, in yeah. the Eucharist, isn't it? Yeah. And I hopefully, over this next few weeks, that's what we'll we'll try and do. So, in our next bit, we'll be talking about um, one of my favourite films. It was really good. I've got Dave to watch it. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So thanks for listening to... Uh, nearly said watching then. That's not good. Yeah, Tell been on holidays. Right. Thanks for listening to those Vicar blogs. We, we wouldn't have many watchers if they had a look at us. Yeah. <laughs> good luck for them. They've really got to listen to us. <laughs> true, actually. I thought that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for listening to and not watching uh, those Vicar blogs. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and to uh, send us any questions. And also, as well... Anything you want to watch on TV, just save me from Dave's BBC stuff. Just send me stuff in to watch that's not on the BBC again. Right, and Dave, I give you uh, a task to watch Readers of the Lost Ark because I watched it on the plane on my phone. Yeah. What do you reckon on? Do you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Do you want, do you want to say what it's about? It ruined it for me. Really? Yeah. How can how could it ruin Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's brilliant. Because I hadn't watched it for over thirty years. Yeah. So I watched it probably in my teens. I yeah. And it was brilliant. It was a brilliant film. And now I watched it much more cynically and much more oh. critically. And 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 I didn't watch it with the same juvenile spirit with which I watched it previously and yeah it kind of took it away from being a great film oh but anyway what was it about it's about an archaeologist called Indiana Jones who works at a university but dedicates his life to finding the great finds of history yeah and so he goes to look for the the lost ark of the covenant and he's got to beat the Germans there. Why does he go there? What happens? Oh, there's that brilliant scene in the beginning, isn't there, where they uh, they explain why the Ark of the Covenant is there and all that. And you have the music they? in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't paying attention to that brilliant span. Uh, do you know what? It took me three efforts to watch it because oh, I kept dozing off. Blinking heck. Do you know, right. let me just get this out there, right? I have only ever seen one of the Mission Impossible films because I went to see the first one in the cinema and I slept for at least an hour of the hour and 90 minutes of it. So I've never bothered watching the rest. So some of these high action stuff just doesn't keep my attention Ah, anymore. It's it's, It's not the action stuff. It's that brilliant bit where what happens is army intelligence comes in to to see him after he finishes his class, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they take him in and they explain to him that the Germans, the Nazis, are looking for the Ark yeah. of the Covenant, yeah. right? Yeah. And Indiana Jones opens up the Bible, right? 
and he shows a picture of the ark. Yeah, he does. Yeah. With with all this like power of God coming out. Well, they it. say to him, "What does it look like?" And then yeah, he shows there's a picture right and here. And if we yeah. link back to the last bit of the conversation, we've no idea if that's what it looks like, really. Well, yeah. Well, it is described a bit, but not to that yeah, extent. Yeah, not yeah. to that extent. The yeah. picture is much more elaborate than. Yeah, but we're not into that. But there's this bit where the uh, power of God comes out of the ark and and slays all the people and yeah. things like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's why the Germans are after it, isn't they? To slay all the people. Slay all the people. Yeah. Yeah, and... that doesn't work out very well, though, does it? No, because basically you have this whole set piece there where um, Indiana Jones. Uh, eventually gets the arc with all these different sort of like action sequences which are really exciting and good and um he captures the arc doesn't he yeah yeah and then the germans get it back on the u-boat don't they yeah which i always love that bit when he jumps onto the submarine doesn't he indiana jones yeah. said where's dr jones and he goes he's there and he's yeah, on the yeah, side of the thing yeah but i'm not sure where we guess in the submarine mind no, he, but they only show the submarine going across on the water, and that's not how submarines work. So this is one of those unrealistic bits that makes me think, oh, what a rubbish film. Oh, but you can't. The thing is, it, it's he totally got shot unreal. at it like 500 yeah. times, and he only got shot once. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's just it's daft, isn't it? It's, it's a it's a. He got dragged thing. along under a lorry. Yeah. And he was all right, not even a scratch. Not even a scratch, but it's, it's over the top, isn't it? It's yeah, a kind of... Yeah, he's yeah. a hero, isn't he? Yeah, he's a hero, yeah. It's not, it's not meant to be real. Which is all I used to lo- love as a kid, but... You've, you've got old and, so cynical. old and cynical. You're one of these annoying people who sits in his pictures and goes like, oh, that wouldn't happen. Oh, he should be dead now. Well, I, oh. well, I don't go to the cinema. Oh, right, okay. Because I'm one of them people that sits there moaning about oh. it. People would have heard on our podcast that if you say something I don't disagree, that I don't agree with, then yeah. they'll hear a, just before I speak, they'll hear the yeah. intake of breath as I, as I'm mentally thinking about how I'm going to say, well, that's what I do in the cinema. So people get fed oh. up with me making cyan noises. I was going to ask you on a cinema trip, actually, but I'm changing my mind now. I'll talk about that afterwards, right? But I'm You want to take me out on a date? On a cinema oh, trip, that's yeah. Sweet, isn't it? Yeah. Let's take me on a date. Yeah. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute when we finish this bit. So, but there's this brilliant bit where they, the Germans recapture the Ark of the yeah. Covenant, don't they, right? And then they take it to Greece. And the side it? of the box burns from the inside. That's yeah, cool, that's it. Yeah. yeah, the side of the box burns out the, the Nazi. Yeah, I was it? watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then they take him there and then they open up the Ark, don't they, right? Yeah. And then the angel of death comes in and yeah. melts all the Germans. Melts doesn't all it? the yeah, Germans. Yeah, in a kind yeah. of 80s way. But it yeah. doesn't melt him. Anis should have been dead already because she should have died in an explosion oh, girlfriend, does it? Yeah, but let's not get into that. This is the thing, yeah? Is that's... You mean I need to get beyond that? Yeah. But Damn. it's a story. It's not a factual thing. This is this goes back to what we were saying about the Bible bit, right? It's not about the, the moral of the story, what the story tells us about being human. And about the nature of God and the nature of other things, the nature of relationships. That's the important bit. Not whether Indiana Jones could actually, you know, go underneath the truck and what have you and all that sort of thing. That doesn't matter. It, it, it's not important. They're just irritating distractions. They're not. It's it's to oh, anyway, right? Yeah. It's not. It makes it cool, right? Yeah. So it makes it good. So it's a fantasy thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not real. It's Indiana Jones, right? Anyway, so all the Germans' faces melt, don't they? Yeah. You must have enjoyed that bit. Well, 
it it was yeah, it was all right. <sighs> it was all right. Right. Okay. I was just waiting for Indiana Jones and his girlfriend to melt. That was no, all. no, they don't because they're the goodies, aren't they? Well, yeah, they didn't look at it, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't look at no, the, no. He yeah? did say to her, "Don't look at don't it. Look don't at look at it. Look. Keep your eyes shut. Keep your eyes shut." Yeah, right. And then they take the ark back to America, and what do they do with the ark at the end? Well, they put it in a box, and they put it in with thousands of other boxes. They hide it away, don't they? Yeah. Why? Why do they do that? Because it's dangerous. Exactly. So it's safer for nobody to be able to find it than it is to... Yeah, so don't muck about with things you don't understand. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't happy with that, though, was he? No, he wasn't, no. Because no. he's the he's the archaeologist. He wants to know, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But the wise thing... But he knew do, not to look at it. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's the thing. So actually, what Indiana Jones uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark shows is an ancient story about curiosity, about um, how you can't manipulate God. Yeah. Because the Germans are trying to manipulate God through the Ark, weren't they? We were trying to harness his power. Yeah, for... and they came back on him, didn't they? Yeah. So the actual story is is a biblical story. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a retelling of the Ark narrative from 1 Samuel. Yeah. So the Ark narrative is a part of 1 Samuel where uh, the Israelites tried to fight the Philistines with the Ark. The Philistines beat them, they pinch the Ark, and they take it back to their temple, right? Yeah. And then all the Philistines get piles, right? That's irritating. Yeah, it is, yeah. And rats. And then they, they move the Ark to all the Philistine towns, right? And every town it's in, they get these rats and piles. And in the end, they give it back to the Israelites, because they don't want it. Because they don't want piles. Yeah, because they knew that they tried to manipulate God through the ark this and was they couldn't. Before the invention of anusol cream. Yeah, it does get really more itchy. Yeah, they gave it back <laughs> with golden piles and stuff. It's hilarious. One of my favourite biblical stories, right? And do you know yeah. what the Israelites do when they get it back? What do they do with the ark? They hide it. They hide it, yeah. Yeah, put it back. Where put, it, it... put it in someone's house out the way. Yeah. So you don't muck about with God. No. That's the thing. No matter how powerful you think you are, God's always more powerful. Yeah. And that's a really profound thing, isn't it? Is that the Nazis thought they could take over the world, they could dominate everybody, but God wasn't having it. Which is the same message that Paul was telling Timothy in that letter as well. Yeah. So, what these people are saying is dangerous. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let them say it. Don't muck about with things you don't understand. That's yeah. what my mother said to me when I watched it. At the end yeah. of the film, when their faces melted, and I was really scared because I was about like five or something, and my mother said, "There we go, don't mess about with things you don't understand." Thought, yeah, mm. that's sound advice, that is. Well, it's Frankenstein. Um, what's the name? Uh, Pandora's box. It's one of the oldest yeah stories ever. Genesis chapter two, the fall. Uh, the fall. Don't muck about it's with Genesis things. chapter three. That is Genesis before. chapter three. Yeah, sorry. Still. Yeah, chapter numbers are a later edition. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's the fall, right? Yeah. So it's all the same story, isn't it? So, so you didn't didn't enjoy it that much, Dave. Well, but... I, well, as I say, I seem to remember it being a fantastic film, and now I look at it more cynically, and um, it's a bit like meeting your heroes, isn't it? Or trying to relive the past. Maybe I think, really, to be honest with you, Dave, you got with those things. You just got to let the. It's a fantasy. You just got to let it wash yeah. over you. It's, it's not meant to be real. 
It's not. It's not. It's a. It's a hyper true story. Okay. Which means that it's true. It's a hyper true. In other words, it's true in the deepest possible sense, which means it's not literally true. Okay. Do you see uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is you shouldn't muck about with things you don't okay. understand. What we watch it next week? You've sent oh, me haven't you? Uh, well, I was going. To, I was going to ask you for to go on a cinema trip to go and see the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. I'm going to see the Barbie movie on Saturday, right? Yeah. So, do you want to go and see the Barbie movie? It'd be good. I don't know that I can do Saturday. Well, not Saturday. No, go with my minister. I don't want you coming oh, with right. me. I'm taking her out to see the Barbie. I don't want you gonna... coming. What? No third will for me? No, I'm not coming with me to watch a Barbie. We're not double dating? You... No. Uh, all right, then. I'm taking her out. So, anyway. To see the Barbie movie? Yeah. Oh, you know how to show a woman a good time. <laughs> well, she's taking me out to see it. But it, it looks really good. All right, okay. But maybe you could watch the Barbie movie. Well, I have to go to the cinema to watch it, wouldn't I? Ah, oh, okay. Well, can you pick something for me to watch then? Oh, uh, yeah, all right. Right. Why don't we watch The Sixth Commandment? What's that? It's obviously a crime drama on oh, BBC One. God, it's not a BBC crime drama. It's a BBC crime drama. Right, Sixth Commandment. And we'll Commandment. see if we can find the hyper-truths in it. Yeah, Okay. Sixth Commandment, BBC. Yeah. No Barbie you, movie. You love a BBC I love it, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Sixth Commandment, a crime drama on the BBC. I'll look forward to that. Yeah. Why do you see the Barbie? Anyway, you see the Barbie movie. Oh, I, it should be good. Huh? I've got a busy week. I ain't got time for the cinema. I see. Oh, anyway, great. Right. So next week we'll be talking about uh, Genesis Chapter 1. Uh, or something like that in Dave's Bible bus ride. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be talking about Sixth Commandment and whatever's in the news. So yep. we'll see you Have next week. week. Have a good week. week.